0: Pre-construction still sells a lot, and these days the builders are giving a lot of like incentives in pre-construction, like decor incentives, uh, extended deposit structure. And for pre-construction, the prices haven't gone down.
1: Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills? Or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada, with your host, Sarah Larby.
2: Welcome back to this week's episode. I'm Sarah Larby and you are listening to Where Should I Invest? And today we have a special guest, one of my former students, Niru Sharma, who's not only a real estate investor, but also a realtor. And we talk about pre-construction today. So if you've ever been curious about how it works and that specific strategy, then this is going to be the show for you. On another note, I am converting a lot of my rentals to the midterm strategy. So if you're interested in learning that gray area between everything that's happening with the short-term market and all the bylaws and how to get away from that, but also not necessarily pigeonhole ourselves with long-term tenants. And especially in places like Ontario, we can't really raise the rents on a lot of rent controlled units. More than 2.5% is going to be our next year number, which is really nothing. So inflation is going to eat away at any increase that we could do long-term for the majority of of the units unless it was built after November 15th of 2018. However, if you are interested, I've decided to launch a four, it's actually going to be five weeks, a five-week course in November about everything you need to know about the midterm rental strategy, including my documents. And we're going to do it live only once. So if you are interested, check out my website or send me an email, which is sarah at sarahlarby.com. But before we bring in Niru, I wanted to ask Dahlia. Dahlia, what's new and exciting? What is important to know in the financial world?
1: Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. If you are in a variable rate mortgage product today where the payment has been fixed and stable during the rising rates environment that we've been experiencing, then you need to pay a close attention to something called the trigger rate. While you will find the term trigger rate in the credit agreement you signed with your lender at the time you arranged the mortgage, most probably this credit agreement is sitting in a drawer or on a shelf somewhere collecting dust. Right now, this term trigger rate is coming into the spotlight for a reason. It's because we've just come out of historically low interest rates, and the Bank of Canada has been increasing the overnight rate, which drives prime rates, at a very fast pace. In fact, a pace that is faster than anyone expected. What happens with variable rate products is that The payment stays fixed and when the rates rise the payment is protected but the allocation of what goes towards interest versus principal beneath the surface changes until and here is the key point until that payment no longer covers the principal pay down Let's take a look at an example. Let's say you took a $500,000 mortgage in January of 2022 at prime minus one. Very, very nice discount. When prime at the time was at 2.45, your payment would have been 1713 roughly. And about $600 of that payment would have gone towards paying down interest and $1,100 roughly would have gone towards paying down interest principle. Then the Bank of Canada raised the overnight rates in March of 2022, and prime rose to 2.7 from 2.45, then to 3.7, then to 4.7, then to 5.45 as of September 2022. Let's take a look at what happens. What happens to the payment of 1713? Well, it stayed the same which was amazing for protecting your cash flow during these times, but looking beneath the surface. In July of 2022 when prime was at 4.7, the interest payment would have gone up to 1541 and only $172 would have gone towards paying down the principal. Then in September 2022, Prime went up again to 5.45. And again, the payment has stayed the same, but now 1854 of that payment is going towards interest and none is going towards paying down principal. So now we owe money to the bank, and that is your trigger point. The trigger point differs from one client to another depending on when. The client took their variable rate mortgage if they have taken it at the lowest point where when prime rates were low in March 2020, the discount to prime that they've arranged with their bank, was it prime minus one, was it prime minus 50, was it prime minus something else? And if they had made any payments towards principal above and beyond the fixed payment stated in the mortgage agreement. The best way to figure out your trigger point is is to basically go back to the credit agreement. That number will be there for you, but to also keep an eye on your online mortgage statement to see how much of your payment is going towards principal currently versus interest. By now, you may have hit that point, especially in September. As the rates have increased further, and by now you may have received notification from the bank. If not, you are paying. Um, if, if if you haven't received that notification from the bank, then and and you are currently paying very little principal right now, then you will hit that point during the next rate increase that is scheduled for October the twenty sixth. So, what happens? What happens when you hit this trigger point? Well, the bank will ask you to do one of three things. Number one, make a lump sum payment against the loan amount to bring down the balance owing. Or convert to a new fixed rate. I do not recommend taking anything about above a one or a two years fixed term right now. Because if you were to lock into a five years fixed, you are going to lock into a rate at the height of the cycle. Number three, increase the mortgage payment to pay off the outstanding principal balance within the remaining amortization of the original mortgage. So if you have not received a letter from the bank yet, be proactive. Reach out to your bank so you can plan ahead which option to consider. And if you want your payment going forward to adjust as the rates increase so you can pay down the principal based on your original plans instead of having to come up with lump sums or lock into a fixed rate mortgage that you don't really want to lock into, or if this new payment, adjusted payment, is higher than what you can afford or would like it to be, then you may want to consider what's called an adjustable variable rate mortgage. Because with such a product, your payment changes as the rates change. Myself and my team can help you explore that option. What happens if you choose to do nothing? If you choose to do nothing with this trigger rate, and the payments continue to fall short for covering principal to the point where the outstanding interest and principal exceed the original principal amount, then something called the trigger point kicks in. And that is the point at which the bank would call you and recall the mortgage. Hopefully, no one would get to that point because we are all informed investors, we are proactive, and we will make the right decision. If you have reached or close to reaching your trigger point, or you are in a variable rate product and you are concerned about the next Bank of Canada rate increase that is very likely to happen on October the 27th of 2022, myself and my team would be happy to help you explore your options and guide you through, given, of course, your financial situation, because every situation is different. Feel free to reach out to us at info at streetwisemortgages.com.
2: Dalia, thank you so much. Great financing tips right there. And guys, reach out to Streetwise if you haven't yet. They are awesome. They helped me leave my nine to five job back in 2020. So on that note,
0: let's bring in Neeru. Neeru, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Sarah, for having me on your podcast. I'm doing good. How are you? Good.
2: I'm excited. So you were recently a student of mine, an investor. You're also a realtor and and you've done some amazing things with your own investments, but also to help other investors and to help others as well acquire some of their own properties. So before we get started, maybe give us a little bit of a background on, on what it is that you do and who you are.
0: I'm very excited to be on the podcast I am a real estate agent and I'm a real estate investor also I have been investing in GTA in Ontario for the past 10 years and as a agent I help my clients buy investment properties residential resale as well as commercial properties I focus primarily on pre-construction projects all across Ontario for the residential resale I focus on Oakville, Burlington, Milton, Mississauga and for commercial I Recently sold a commercial plaza in Perth, close to Ottawa. So commercial could be anywhere as long as the numbers make sense and they make sense for my investor clients. So those are the main areas that I focus on. I live in Oakville with my family, my husband, and my two kids. And Oakville has been home for the past twelve years, so I know Oakville in and out, and that has that is the main area that I focus, like Oakville, Burlington, Milton. So yeah. So excited to be on your podcast
2: amazing amazing all right so you are you're an investor you're a realtor you're focusing on, a lot on pre-construction what are you seeing in the market these days like obviously we've had some some crazy months where it was a frenzy everybody was going with no conditions just buying whatever they can get their hands on And then all of a sudden rates started to increase and things stopped but what are you seeing from a realtor
0: standpoint absolutely like there has been definitely a shift in the market the market was very high like we i think we saw the peak in january when it was at the highest level with multiple bidding wars every property selling at least 100 or 200k over the listed price so we saw that peak and then february we started seeing the slowdown March was slower and April, May is definitely much slower than the earlier months. I think there are multiple reasons that the market is slowing down. Interest rates, definitely the hiking interest rates is one of them. Also, the Ukraine-Russia war, as there is a lot of uncertainty in, in the world right now, like people want to wait, wait and watch and see whether this would linger to other countries or whether it would just be Russia, Ukraine. So that's another thing a lot, like it's a very volatile situation right now. And with the, with the inflation, everything like the cost of living has gone up so much that people want to hold on, hold on to the cash they have because there has been so much news in the market that we are heading towards a recession. So people want to prepare for that recession and, uh, so they just want to hold on to the cash. And that has also like that has also added to the slowdown. And also a lot of listings in the market. Like there was a time when there was just 50 listings all in Oakville. Like that included the condos, detached towns. And right now, if you do just a simple search, there are about 300 to 400 listings in Oakville. So definitely a lot of listings in the market. So the buyers have a lot of choice to choose from so I think all these reasons have led to the slowdown and it's a great time for buyers to buy it's a great time for first-time home buyers because first-time home buyers they're already coming with a very limited budget with a very tight budget so for them to bid like 100k to 100k was just impossible but now they do have more choices in the market and they can get something close to the listing price or something below the listing price all depends upon the property the seller situation how desperate the seller is so the great opportunity for first-time home buyers great opportunity for buyer investors like lots of my investor clients who were just holding on for the market to slow down are jumping in right now just to grab the opportunity because there's so much so much opportunity right now in the market
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what I think many of us were waiting for in January, February, yeah. and, and probably now also the ability to get something under contract with some due diligence time, right? Whether right.
0: it's right.
2: an inspection or financing mm. or whatnot. It used to be you basically had to go in for <laughs>
0: over asking. Yeah. Over asking, right. So now you're. that's seeing- another shift that earlier it was like uh, over asking and firm offers, right? Like if you had a condition in the offer, your offer would automatically be rejected, but now you have that privilege that you can put, offer like conditions in your offer so you can do your due diligence and you can get something below market or on the listed price and with with like doing the right due diligence right you can buy out time so definitely there is a shift in the market
1: and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors
2: hey guys just want to take a moment and introduce you to one of my favorite paralegals andrew chubeta With over a combined decade of experience, Caveat LLP provides legal assistance for real estate investors and entrepreneurs, primarily practicing in the areas of landlord and tenant law. Caveat LLP is your one-stop shop when dealing with all of your tenant issues. Give them a call for a free consultation at 289-339-1311. That is Caveat LLP. Andrew Chubeta has been instrumental in helping me as a landlord and as a real estate investor, and I'm sure he can help you as well. Again, that's 289-339-1311. And now back to the show. And
1: now back to the show.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you're mentioning like you're, you do a lot in like Oakville and Burlington, mm-hmm. Mississauga, et cetera. From an investor standpoint, I know these are different types of markets, but what, what mm-hmm. is the play as an investor in those markets? Like what are you seeing works?
0: So Opal Burlington, as per the price point, it does like whatever property you buy, whether you buy a condo or a townhouse or a detached, they don't cash flow positive just if you put it on long term rent. So I am seeing a lot of investors are buying properties from mid term to long term, mid term to short term rental, which definitely cash flows. So uh, for these kind of areas, like if you're just buying a property, you're just sitting on appreciation, like you're just betting your bet on the appreciation that it will appreciate, which it does because it's prime location. Everybody wants to live in Oakville, Burlington. These are ranked as number one, top three cities to live in. Ontario with very good school districts, so I see a lot of families with young kids with kids going to high school they prefer Oakville Burlington because of the school district so definitely it's a good bet that there will be appreciation and it will appreciate in the future but if you are thinking of cash flow then it does not cash flow right away so you have to have a different strategy like a midterm rental or a short-term rental for these kind of properties and that's what I'm seeing with lots of investment does right now,
2: okay, all right. So rather than rent, like getting something to rent out long term, where does it doesn't just to be able mm-hmm. to give a cash flow boost with short term, mid right. rentals. Rentals. I, mean, I, I know my Burlington property does really well, even from a midterm standpoint. It's mm-hmm. always right yeah. right. Ninety days. There
0: isn't. Yeah, there is definitely a lot of demand in mid-term, short-term rental in Oakville, Burlington. People feel that shop, like this Airbnb is all about like cottage and ski country, but uh, like I have seen that change right now, that there is a lot of demand in these cities as well. It's also because people are moving in between houses, they're constructing, like there's so much of renovation construction going on right now that people want to stay close to the house that they're renovating and renovating so that the kids go to the same school and there's not much change and there where it comes the midterm rental and that's why there is so much of demand for the midterm rental
2: yeah i mean i want to say my occupancy levels right now are like 94 percent wow in burlington just because it's exactly that they are homeowners they want to stay near the schools or they want to stay near for whatever reason their their prior house and it's construction renovations Mm -hmm. Uh, or they moved and they're buying. And so, and so the right. timelines don't always match up. Right. So there might be like mm-hmm. a three day gap or whatnot. in
0: between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So I think I think that's a great opportunity. And then from a from a standpoint of pre-construction, because I know you do a lot of that. Are you seeing right. what are you seeing pre-construction wise in the markets you're working in?
0: so for pre-construction when the market was like in january and before that the builders were releasing projects and they were selling like hotcakes pre-construction still sells a lot because it's like not every buyer has the capacity to get a mortgage right away and not every buyer in the market has 20% down to make the 20% down payment so with pre-construction you do have opportunities where you have just 10% down payment you need to give just 10% down payment and until you close the property or there is an extended deposit structure. You pay 10%, 15% down payment in like two years, three years. So like the buyers who do not have that cash right away, it's a great opportunity for them. They can still enter the market make that extended deposit structure and still own a property. So uh, pre-construction still sells a lot and these days the builders are giving a lot of like incentives in pre-construction, like decor incentives, uh, extended deposit structure. And for pre-construction, the prices haven't gone down. The builder hasn't stabilized the prices or made any changes to the prices. And I feel they won't be doing that because the cost of building has gone up so much, like the inflation if we see like every day the grocery bills have gone up so much. So the cost of inflation has gone so much that the builder won't be making any adjustments to the price and the price we still see a steady increase in the price in pre-construction. And when the new construction is still like, increasing in price, we would say the resale also to ba- rebound, right? Because when new construction is selling at higher prices, the resale is bound, will rebound. So this is a very temporary shift where we are seeing a slowdown and it would come back. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of like back in
2: 2017 when a lot of people were closing the Mm pre-constructions, and all of a sudden, the market has shifted downwards, and they had to come up with the difference or Mm -hmm. or forfeit their deposit. Yeah. What are What are your thoughts on 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 that and the risks?
0: Yeah, so definitely there is a risk because pre-construction takes time and it comes in like like condos normally come in four to five years. Detached come in like a year or two. Same for townhomes, they come in a year or two. So builders, when you book a pre-construction, they need a pre-approval mortgage letter and the bank would give you a pre-approval, but that pre-approval is not valid for that long time like not for two years, not for four years or five years. And your situation can drastically change in two years or three years or four years. So you definitely need, need to have a back exit strategy, whether you will be selling that pre-construction on assignment or you, will you be able to hold it? Will you be selling any other property to carry on that pre-construction? So definitely there is a risk, like with any any investment, right? There is a risk, there is a risk with pre-construction Also, Mm -hmm. I heard
2: I heard RBC is the only bank that will do the the pre qualification that actually lasts a lot longer, and they actually right, right.
0: RBC does it for three years, and that is the only bank that does, and that's amazing because detached homes do come in a year or two. So RBC does it for three years, but condos take much longer. It could be four years, five years. So definitely, like you need to have a backup plan.
2: Yeah. And I think like that's, so to, to me, what's scary in this market, because there's a lot of unknowns, the rates are going to go mm. up. What Like, are we going into a recession? Are we like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen with inflation? I mean, there's, there's lots of moving parts and you know what the government is going to start doing to, to stop maybe the right. increase or, or the rules that they're going to come up with also always, always a question mark. But so what, what does scare me though is when people don't have the backup plan. So you're right. talking about having strategy one, Backup mm-hmm. plan number one, backup plan number two, right, and I right. think that that's important because there might be a lot of people out there when the tides change that are buying on the assumption that they're going to assign 10 different right. construction deals. Right. That makes me very worried. Any insights any on that?
0: Right. So there are lots of people who just buy and who think that the market will always remain up. It will never go down right or who buy and they are like they sell on assignments so the government did change rules on assignment also earlier like uh, we never used to pay HST on the profit but starting 7th May the government has changed the rule and now the seller will have to pay HST on, on the profits the profits that they make on assignments and uh, the profit that they make will be 100% taxable. so the rules have changed on assignments so definitely you need to be more aware like what are the new regulations that are coming in right and also be more aware what will be the what will be your exit strategy like you cannot just buying keep buying on the assumption that the market will keep going up and up you need to factor in that the market can slow down and it can take a u-turn and it like when the pre-construction closes it can be lower than what you booked it for right so that happened in 2017 it was high and then when it closed in 2018 2019 the market was pretty slow pretty down and people who purchased on very high were defaulters the builders never gave them the deposit and they could not close the house so they were in a soup so you need to see like need to study the market well and like it's for any any investment right that you need to like keep in mind all the risks that you are taking and also do your homework when you're investing and have a backup strategy for sure Mm
1: -hmm. whether you are
0: buying a resale or a pre-construction always have a backup strategy yeah absolutely
2: so that that's well said backup strategy your first strategy your backup strategy exit plans for the good and the bad Uh, right because maybe if if the market does so well there might actually be a shift in your original strategy it's not always the other way around right yeah. So I want to talk about the builders. You, you do a lot of pre-construction or new construction. What are some things, like if somebody's listening to this podcast right now saying, I want to do pre-construction, I want to buy with a builder. I like the payments that are not necessarily 20% down as an, as an investor right away. I want to do them slowly over time. Like, What are some things that they might want to do as part of their due diligence to decide, is this a project I want to be part of or, or what the red flags could be?
0: Mm-hmm. so when purchasing a pre-construction or investing in a pre-construction i recommend all to all my buyers like always look up for the builder he, he needs to be a builder so Tarian a website you can go and look up for the builder if there are any license or any permits against the builder it's always on the Terran. never buy pre-construction from a builder who's not associated with Tarian. so always buy pre-construction with a Tarian builder always look up the builder and also like go to the sales office go to the builder's office and look at the project. Most of the builders like who are big in Ontario have their sales office and also have like the floor plan, the models and everything there so you you get an idea right what kind of a builder they are so look at those things and also right when you are signing the agreement of purchase and sale it's always recommended to review it with the lawyer. If there is anything like any uh, contingency or anything that you're not aware of, always talk to the lawyer and legal advice. And also like for pre-construction, there are certain clauses like whether you you need to be looking at, like if you're buying this for as an investment property, will the builder allow renting during occupancy? Like some builders allow renting during occupancy and some don't. So those are the things that you should be looking at, whether renting is allowed during occupancy and what kind of levies are capped. So for a pre-construction, when when the builder gets permit for the pre-construction for the new build they have to pay development charges to the city the municipality and those development charges are distributed among the buyers there are levies that are capped so you need to see that the levies are capped for the pre-construction project never buy a pre-construction project where the levies are not capped or it's unlimited right happen often that they're not capped and then you have to most i haven't seen any project where the levies are not capped but that's something that the buyer should be aware of right most of the people don't even know what levies are what development charges are so they need to be aware of these terms right whether assignment sale is allowed because most of the people are buying pre-construction just to make the quick profit and they want to sell on assignments so some builders don't allow assignment sales some builders allow assignment sales but they charge for it some builders do free of cost. so it all depends upon builder to builder so these are the questions that you should be asking the agent that you're working with or the builder that whether the assignment is allowed whether occupancy like rental is allowed during occupancy what are the levies how many how much is it capped at and for the parking some builders include parking but these days most of the pre-construction projects you have to pay extra for the parking if it's a condo building park and for town homes like is it part of the condominium or is it a freehold? If it's a part of the condominium, what is the POTL, the monthly fees, right? So those are the things that you need to Take into consideration and then also do your math that this is the pre construction. How much would it rent for? Include the condo fees in your expense and also the tax, and then see whether it makes sense, whether the numbers would make sense. Or if you just want to sell it on assignment, is the assignment allowed, right? And what kind of capital gains you'll be paying when you sell on assignment? So do all that kind of homework.
1: And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
2: Hey, are you looking for a reliable contractor for your next burr, multifamily conversion or flip project? Somebody who understands how to work with investors and also real estate investing itself. I've personally partnered with Lee Polak from Wise Construction. We're actively doing many projects together in Hamilton and Welland. So things like smaller three and four unit conversions and also some larger buildings where we're converting some large empty commercial spaces into residential units. And it's always been important to meet a partner and hire a contractor who does not only high quality work, but is on time and on budget. And it's also a huge bonus that they have their own in-house trades, employees and a warehouse full of building materials so that they can avoid the many labor and material shortages that we hear about often these days. A good project done on time, on budget and with high quality work will be key to the success of your Burr multifamily conversion or flip projects so to connect with lee from wise construction text or phone him at 416-525-5951 again that is 416-525-5951 and now back to the show
1: and now back to the show
2: that was, that was a lot. I, I would say if you're listening to this at home, go back, rewind like a whole minute and write the, these things down. Cause I think that like, that was a, a lot of golden nuggets, a lot of great information, a lot of things to consider. And, and even from a, a Terion certified builder, can we, can we talk about what, like, why, like, why is it important to have a Terion builder? Like what is Terion?
0: So Terrion is, it's basically a corporation, a government corporation that protects the buyer and basically protects the buyer's deposit or for the new construction, you get a one year warranty. So if there is any issues with your pre-construction, you can always go and report on Terrion and it should be taken care of if it's the builder is certified by Terrion. And uh, there, are like right now, if you have uh, seen the news, there are certain projects which have been scrapped where the builder is not able to go for with the projects because of the inflation cost, right? Like someone booked a condo four years back, but now the prices have changed so much that it doesn't make sense for the builder to go and build the project. So either they are just cancelling contracts or they're asking people to give more deposits so that they can continue with the project. But if the builder is not a certified Terran builder, your deposit could be forfeited, right? But if it's a Terran builder, it's a uh, certain amount is protected through Terran So that's why it's very important to invest in pre-construction through a Terran certified builder.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. And and we're seeing it more and more on the news, more, right? Right,
1: these right. Projects yeah. that
2: people had bought into and then all of a sudden, I mean, like, strapped, I, I, yeah. I need both sides, right? Mm-hmm, I get, mm-hmm. Because you're not going to build something if you're going to lose money on it. And
1: right,
0: right
2: obviously it really affects that person's reputation and brand like they're right. definitely in a, in a tough spot and then for the buyers it's obviously unfortunate cuz
0: deposit yeah
2: They've, they've now know, the didn't invest in something different that could have given them the instant, like something that's not pre-construction, right? That had right. the cash flow for, to start with and, and the mortgage pay down and that kind of stuff. But then instead they waited, hoping that there was going to be some appreciation. And then all of a sudden mm. they, they are told that they have to either pay more or the, all of a sudden their you know, deposit comes back and, and they're having right. it all over again, which it's, it's unfortunate for everybody. And then this is stuff ends up going on the paper and then the builders look like the bad guys. But like, I also get their points.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, pre-construction is great if you invest right. Like, I myself have invested in pre-construction. So, I'll give you my example. I invested in a detached in Oakville. I booked it for one65 million in 2029 and i got it in 2020 it was almost 1.8 i got it refinanced last week and it came back at 2.7 and this is when the market is a little slow like when it was high it could have gone above 3 million but like in like just one and a half year i have this detach in november 2020 i have made almost a million on the property so pre-construction does give you a lot of appreciation and does give you that kind of appreciation but yeah you need to take into consideration everything right like you need to navigate your risk and have a backup plan and also do your homework like with any other like you would do a a due diligence in a residential resale so do the due diligence in pre-construction as well
2: Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, congratulations on also making a million on one property. That's amazing. But you have to qualify for that, right? You have to be able to refinance. And then you've got to figure out like what is is this your house that you're living in at at that price, Mm -hmm. almost three million? Or are you cash flowing? You're not cash flowing. So you've got to still weigh it. Like it sounds Mm -hmm. amazing, like it's awesome.
0: Mm Take mm that million
2: dollars and invest it at 10% or something and Mm -hmm, income mm -hmm. from that. That would be amazing. That's like a six figures a year all of a sudden that you you can create. But that property doesn't cash flow. So, so again, right. you've, got to, you've, like, you've got to think through what the strategies are. And maybe it's a combination of a few different strategies. Maybe there's a strategy right. that like, is like for looking at appreciation. Maybe there's a strategy that balances itself out with cash flow. And then maybe it's a combination of strategy to help create that wealth that you're looking for.
0: right. Right. Yeah. So this one is a primary hope. So definitely we are living in it. So it's not, it does not cash flow. But that's as you say, on the sale, by the way, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we can always take that money and invest. Right. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the plus point. Yeah. There is no cash flow, but there could be cash flow if it's invested. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah absolutely. So what, what's next for you? What are like the next two years looking like from you as an investor, as a realtor? What are you working on?
0: So as a realtor, I'm working on a lot of pre-construction projects that are coming up, like good pre-construction projects coming in Hamilton, in Brampton, in Oakville. As an investor, I recently closed on a detached property in Burlington and I am like getting it renovated right now and I'm planning to do midterm rental on that one. So just getting it ready and hopefully it should hit the Airbnb market by mid-June. So that's something I'm working as an investor. That's awesome. All right. Well,
2: congratulations on your success. So the next part of this podcast is the lightning round. I'm going to ask you five questions. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Today's lightning round has been brought to you by midtermrentalproperties.ca. It is a new way to rent, make more cash flow, take back control over our investments and our portfolios using a different creative strategy and pivoting. So if you want to find out more, go to
0: midtermrentalproperties.ca. I'm ready, Sarah.
2: <laughs> All right. So question
0: number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book? Uh, I love Rich Dad, Poor Dad as a book. Okay. All that's right. It's the no. book, that, that's a book that comes to my mind every uh, time I think of investing. That one is probably our number one
2: mentioned book. So if anyone's listening to this and you haven't read it yet, go read it. Read it. <laughs> it's a life, it's a game changer for sure. It's a game changer. Yeah. Awesome. Number two, not necessarily real estate related, but do you have a favorite podcast that you would share with us?
0: I love your podcast, Sarah, and I listen to it very religiously. Where should where should I invest? <laughs>
2: Thank you. So, aside from mine, because someone is listening to this already, are there other podcasts that you also? Enjoy? I love
0: Bigger Pockets. It's yes. more US related, but I still love Bigger Pockets.
2: All right, awesome. Bigger Pockets is is also how I got started originally because there was not
0: a yeah. in podcasts back right in the day. right. Like it does have certain strategies which are just right for the US, like tax and everything. But other than that, it's it's a great podcast. great podcast.
2: Awesome. All right. Number three, what do you do for fun aside from work
0: in real estate? So I have two boys who keep me busy and we love outdoors. We love to travel. So we do travel a lot as a family and we love adventurous stuff as a family. So like outdoor stuff, park picnics and biking and then traveling. All right. Very cool. Sounds amazing.
2: Number four, if you lost all of your money, your assets, tomorrow, everything, how would you start again?
0: I'll start, I'll start with a job, start saving and start again investing in real estate. Maybe start small, but maybe do a joint venture with someone if I'm not able to afford the mortgage, but definitely start investing in real estate again.
2: Okay. All right. Awesome. And final question, if somebody has $50,000, they want to get started, how would you recommend
0: they spend that 50 grand? So I would say that it all depends upon what they're looking at and what their strategy is. If it's 50,000, they could invest in pre-construction, like in the extended deposit structure and invest in pre-construction. For residential resale, I don't know if the 50,000 would contribute towards the 20% down payment and they're able to get anything in residential resale, but, or they could joint venture with someone right, and put that money and collaborate with someone and invest in real estate. Okay, amazing. When
2: I first started this podcast back in 2017, 50 grand was a lot more than it is today. Well, That's how much yeah. inflation like they're used to, if, if you go back and you see the answers versus you see the answers now, it's it's actually it's it's interesting. I mean, you can still do real estate, but right. it's a lot harder yeah. than it was in 2000 because right. of the inflation. Sure. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks for playing the
0: lightning round. Where can my listeners reach out and find out more? I have my Instagram handle as Neeru Sharma Reality and they can reach me out there. They can message me and I can share my details with you.
2: Okay. All right. So Instagram and if you're interested in any of the opportunities, the pre-construction as well that Neeru mentioned, reach out to her and and, in any of the markets too. And I think you're doing some commercial as well with clients. So if you're looking at something a little bit different out of the box, Neeru is a great asset to have on your team. Neeru, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. Awesome! It was fun. It was fun, and we'll have to have you come back, and we'll see what happens in the next couple of years with the market, and give us some more insights on on these markets and in the preconstruction
0: world. For sure. For sure.
2: Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but As I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that.